0: to the Wednesday Week, a.k.a. the North Stand Top Boys.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Wednesday Week, your Sheffield Wednesday podcast in association with the Riverside Cafe. I'm Vic and with me on the line, I've got Mr Fudge. Hi Dan.
0: Mr Fudge, I enjoy that. You know what I mean? I, yeah, it makes me sound all <laughs> sounds, and grown up.
1: Sounds a bit porny. No, it's a bit porn, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. I feel like you should be shaking your little cordless phone at me.
0: <laughs> Listen, look.
1: Uh, and uh, speaking of shaking cordless phones in porn, it's Mr. Marriott. Hi, James.
0: I'm still laughing,
2: Mr. Fudge. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> Mr. Fudge. It's, it's, like, it's like a really shit it, like... teacher at school, isn't it? We've <laughs> <laughs> got this I've got well, Mr. Fudge.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I'm good Good, glad to hear Yeah, who have you got this afternoon? Oh, Miss Fudge, oh, is right weirdo, eh Yeah, it is really? It is one of them names, isn't it? Mrs. Fudge would be like that really cute little dinner lady You know, like, that would be a hedgehog You know, like a an Enid Blyton novel But, We're like, yeah, anyway It
2: should be Ms. Fudge, I think, not Mrs. Ms. Fudge Ms. Fudge, <laughs> Ms. Fudge.
1: <laughs> Or, I went on a course today about pronouns Mux Fudge Therefore, they don't have a gender. There you go.
2: Ah, right. Asexual fudge. I don't
1: like the sound of that that at all. (laughs) Anyway, let's move swiftly on. The biggest bit of news since we last got together is that it is official. Come February the 1st, my friends, Mr. Steve Bruce, Mr. Bruce, Mr. Fudge, will be in appointment at Hillsborough. James, what are you thinking to that?
2: Uh, I mean, we we talked a fair bit about it last week. Um, Vic, you and I were on Radio Sheffield the following morning, talking about it as well. And um, I feel like I've talked a lot about it over the course of the week. I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, um, I've I've probably talked myself around to being more positive about it than I have been. Um, you kind of know my thoughts about where we're at generally as a club. But look, Steve, Steve Steve Bruce, when certainly on paper like his record's really good. Um, you know, he he's certainly been there and done it. He's got the T shirt, it doesn't fit anymore, but he's got the T shirt. And um, you know, he's 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 gonna bring something that we've maybe been lacking for a while in terms of he he just brings a certain kind of um kind of settled <laughs> feeling to a to a football club. I don't think he brings anything like that at all. Um, but you know, I do. I, what I think he provides is kind of like, you know, with Carlos, everything was a bit, you know, it was always manic, wasn't it? It was all over the place. You never really knew which Carlos you were going to get. And, you know, he'd do an interview and he'd be hilarious. And then he'd start beating the shit out of a £20 note. Um, and then, you know, Yoss obviously was, it was just a weird year. Um, Steve Bruce coming in gives us something that we've just not had for, for, for ages, really. Um probably, you know, maybe maybe with Stuart Gray we did a little bit, but probably back to the to the kind of the the David Jones era of of just kind of feeling like quite settled. And I guess for the players it's gonna feel like that as well. Um so yeah, I mean I guess I'm kind of looking forward to it now. I'm kind of looking forward to him coming in. I think you know it gives us something to kind of look forward to for the rest of the season now. Because we we we're kind of in danger, aren't we, of being one of those teams that the season could very quickly peter out i mean the se- the season could very quickly kind of take a turn for the worse there's no doubt about that but um you know i think that, that that you know this this change means that we've got something to kind of keep us interested and keep us going now for um for the rest of this season, so yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive about it. I think I think it's good. I think um, it, it's it's an appointment that of the options that we've got available and the way that we do things as Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Um, yeah, I, I think we've given us the best chance of of getting this one right.
1: I must admit, uh, we are four minutes and 24 seconds into this podcast and James hasn't said the plan word yet, so fantastic. Are you absolute cowbag? <laughs> you I, two just I
2: kick was off about, about stuff because exactly you, you, all you can see is the here and now. <laughs> You're blinded to it. But... Can You're we talk about the five-year I've got a clue.
1: <laughs> I mean, one thing as well, obviously, that comes with Steve Bruce is his little black book. Uh, we all know, you know, he's got the contacts across the football league. Um, will we be seeing Alex Bruce at centre half? Who knows? But other than that, you know, he's got the contacts there. He's still got a good relationship with Manchester United. You know, there are quite a few clubs that are willing to do business with Steve Bruce. That probably you know, your Carlos and certainly your Yoss had no sort of links with whatsoever. Um, Obviously, we've had Steve Agnew in place in the meantime and the other chap, can't remember his name, Um, but he said that Steve Bruce is obviously going to come in and try and transform us into a promotion winning side uh, by playing stylish, entertaining football. Um, Fudge, it all comes to a head on February the 1st. Bit of a bit of an odd start date, do you reckon? I mean, do you have you know we were, there were mixed views in the pub at the weekend. You know, people saying that they agreed with that, that they didn't agree. Um, I, I my argument was that it just proves even more so why he's the right man for the job, as far as I'm concerned. What do you reckon? I the first
0: of February. I mean, you've got to look at the uh, at the reasons why. I mean, the man just lost his parents for God's sake, and uh, and he made some promises to them and that sort of stuff. How anybody's got issue with that is absolute beggar's belief. Do you know what I mean? That's You know, I like a whinge like the next man. I like a good bloody rubbish, don't get me wrong, but Christ, do you know what I mean? Let let a man live a little. Do you know what I mean? I I find it astounding that people have got issue with that. But, you know, we are Sheffield Wednesday fans and that's uh, kind of what we're famous for, I'm pretty sure. Uh, When we sing, we're the famous Sheffield Wednesday, I'm pretty sure it's in reference to the whinging and the bloody rubbish brigade. But... um, but yeah, I think it's great. You've got Clemo and Ago in charge. They're all right for the time being. And uh, <laughs> as it sounds it might be
1: it might be all right them coming sounds in. Sounds like a really a good, bad turn at a working men's center. club, doesn't it? Clemo and Ago play the 90s. <laughs> Clemo and Ago <I> <laughs> do <laughs> jazz.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and and you
0: know, I'm all right with it. I I I don't I don't think it's it's not like it's a um a tentative time of the season. Oh wait, no, it is. It's the whole transfer window. That's weird, isn't it? But you know, I I don't think um, you know. I, I don't think we can do anything in this uh, in this transfer window anyway. So, slash we've got no money. Yeah, isn't it? So it's it's just worth Clem and I just uh, just showing up the uh, showing up the uh, the tap that we've got turned on in terms of leaking goals. But I'm all right with it. I'm I'm all right with it. I'm fine with it as long as we. Um, we we have a, a frugal January and a uh, and a frugal pre season and we uh, we don't get point deductions and all the rest of it because um, we know Steve Bruce he likes to spend a few quid but the best thing about uh, Steve Bruce is that when he does it's in the right places he doesn't he doesn't squander money.
2: Can I um can I just add on to what what you're saying there Fudge um and just say that. Uh, a lot's been said about this first of February thing. And, and even before the reasons came out, I didn't really see it as being a big issue because we've only got two league games in January. Um, I, I don't, I, it just doesn't seem that big a deal to me. Um, what I do think, though, is the the, the reasons behind it, as you mentioned to there about his parents and, you know, while he was working at Villa, the fact that his wife was looking after his parents in, you know, the, the kind of the final stages of, of, of their lives. Um, I think that, the message that it sends to the players is, is one of, this is a guy that keeps his word. Um, and this is a guy that when he says he's going to do something, he does it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure the players will want him to start tomorrow because they, you know, they, they, they know it's a new era and they want to get going with it. But for them to see this is a guy that when he says he's going to do something, he does it i th- I think that will earn him a lot more respect from 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 the squad and from the players and and that I don't think that can be underestimated. I think that's something really good when this guy does start on the first of february there's going to be a group here that have got just that little bit more uh respect for him for the fact that you know he, he kept his word in a situation where he he didn't have to he could have just said "Oh, I've, I've got this offer i've got to take it sorry love um and actually you know he's, he's kept to his word and That means that when he says something to them, when he makes a promise to a player and says, look, you're not going to be involved for the next few games, but if you do this, then you will be, or whatever it might be, he's a man of his word. And I think that's something quite powerful and quite strong. I think
1: one thing for us as a generation, um, obviously Fudge is the next generation up, but (laughs) for us as a generation, we're starting to see more and more (laughs) managers now um, who we've watched as players, and as players in an era where football has been full of money, so, you know, like you've got your Stevie G's, you've got Frank Lampard's Derby. We've got those sort of players coming into fruition now as managerial candidates. And there are like, it. it's almost like Steve Bruce, Sam Allardyce, um, Harry Redknapp, you know, the, the last of the old school, made it as footballers, but not too flashy lot, if you know what I mean. And I think... Um, I don't watch I'm a Celebrity, but I know I've heard quite a lot about Harry Redknapp being very old-fashioned, very family-orientated, everyone really getting on board with that. And I think they are the last of the greats, really, in that respect, of the old-school British managers that will kick shit out of you, but also, you know, they love the missus and, you know, they'll go out old working men's club, but they'll be home at four, like they told Sandra. And it's that sort of generational thing that I think is going to disappear at some point from the modern game because these other players are coming through as managers. And I think this also this almost like cements Steve Bruce yet again in that category for me. I think, you know, like we said, he he made a promise to his wife. She's obsessed with cricket. She's not seen him for 40 years probably while he's been here, there and everywhere in football. She's done her bit as a good daughter-in-law, as a good wife, as a good person, and he's made a promise to her. And I think... That, to me, is just such an old-fashioned, old-school British manager thing to do that he's stuck by his word, like you said, James. And I think I I do think it's a positive. And I think also, if you look at our chairman, I think that says a lot about our chairman as well for him to be willing to accept that. Because I think Mr. Chancery, maybe two years ago, probably wouldn't have taken that stance, I don't think. I think that shows that he's learning a bit more about the game and a bit more about how you know, British football works and how um he probably respects Steve Bruce, as we've said before. Mr. Chan is obviously a man of his word himself. And I think, I do wonder, had this have been two, three years ago, you know, when we brought in Carlos, would that have been accepted in the same way that Steve Bruce has been accepted doing it? I don't know. I mean, you could, it's hindsight, isn't it? But I do think it says a lot about the chairman as well, that he's willing to take that on the chin. You know, a lot of football clubs can run without a first team manager, can't they? If they've got you you know Aggie, Aggie and Clemo in in pursuit, they, they can kinda of handle things and, you know, there's emails and mobile phones now. Um but yeah, I, I think it's absolutely fine as far as I'm concerned. So on the subject of Aggie and Clemo <laughs> um, what are we what are we thinking of them as interim cover?
0: I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean I I, I think they're clearly football people they're uh they're the ones that do the tracksuit work on the um on the training ground do you know what i mean they're, they're the ones that they're going right and kick that you run there because i'm pretty sure that's as in-depth as football training goes because they're not the sharpest knife in the in the drawer are they? football players so you know you you do a kickball over there and you do a, a runny kick there and then you run past this chap and put it in the uh in the netty bag i'm pretty sure that's how it works and these you know these are football people they know what they're doing and um and Bruce clearly trusts them. I mean, how many clubs has he taken them to? I mean, they're his guys. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, you know, they're the group. They're, they're, they're the Carlos Quiroz. But then again, you know, you know how it worked out with uh, with Steve McLaren when he uh, when he decided he wanted the uh, the main man job, and uh, and then I spent all summer in two thousand eight swearing at the telly. So you know, swings and roundabouts could could work, couldn't? But early indications are they're uh, they're they play resilient football. And uh, and it's clear that they're wanting to get to know the squad and who does what and who works well where and uh, and all that type of bits. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I've got any uh, any more feedback on them. I mean, what about you, James?
2: I uh, you know, if I'm honest, right, I I was a little surprised that we didn't just keep Lee Bullen in caretaker charge until the end of the month, just because of the fact that it's less uh, upheaval and change because we've had a caretaker manager for four games. Now we've got another caretaker manager coming in for, is it four games or five games? Um, and then obviously Steve Bruce takes over full time. Now, I don't actually think it makes all that much difference because I imagine Lee Bullen will have had, you know, a big hand in, um, in the preparation for the game against Luton because obviously he'd been, Looking after the squad for the best part of a month, anyway, um, or certainly for for two three weeks, um, I would maybe have been tempted to just for the sake of just keeping normality to say that you know Lee Bullham stays in caretaker charge uh, while the the two new guys kind of get involved with first team coaching before Steve Bruce takes over. But um, it's probably semantics. It probably wouldn't make a huge amount of um, of difference. But we're, we're going to have you know three different managers in three different months and. Uh, I, I mean that you know just doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me. I'll be honest; I don't know a lot about them. You know, um, Agnew was was involved. Used to play for Barnsley. I remember that. Um, uh, he's obviously been, um, I think, caretaker manager at Middlesbrough a couple of times, and 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 spent a lot of his coaching career up there. And um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're good people to have have involved. Interestingly, uh, involved with the club. We, we've kind of, I think, the last two or three managers that we've that we've had the coaching staff have kind of mm. been people that we didn't really know anything about. Um, at least these are people that, as, mm. as Fudge says, you know, they are football people. Um, and uh, that, yeah, I mean, that's... We're going for something different here to what we've had in our last two appointments, and neither of those ultimately have worked. So... Um, James,
1: you just it, said it then kind of he was at Middlesbrough. Sense. He wasn't there during sort of Adam Reach tenure, I guess. I don't... I'm not 100% sure there. I'm just, just wondering. No. I don't okay.
2: think... I'm mean, saying that, Reach has obviously been there since he was um, uh, knee-high to a grasshopper, hasn't he? So um, I, I guess that he probably may well have been involved at some point when Adam Reach was around, but mm. how much direct contact One of the good have, things I, that's I, come out of this know. as
1: well, obviously, is that Steve Agnew said in his press conference the other day that Lee Bullen is absolutely 100% staying involved with the squad. Um, I think we can all agree that that's great news. Um, we've said that over the last few weeks now, that we'd hate to see Lee Bullen disappear from Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, the fact that Agnew's come out and said it, you know, he's obviously got permission from Steve Bruce to say that. Um, I very much doubt he's just gone, yeah, sure. Um, so I think that's absolutely great news as well for Sheffield Wednesday and obviously for Lee Bullen's mortgage payment. <laughs>
0: I, I wonder if there's, um, I wonder if there's going to be a new mascot just turns up around <laughs> yeah. early February. You know, like some like a, <laughs> or a, like or a house. ginger owl. Yeah. Uh, for sales side. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, just turns up. I I, I wonder if that's the job you've got for it. The Chupa Chups Challenge at half-time if we did it
1: with the Spencers for sale. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of uh, award-winning legends, James, it was Man of the Month again this month. Uh, Obviously, December's Man of the Month was Chelsea Loney, Michael Hector. He came out top with 33% of the fans' vote. Did you agree with that?
2: I guess so yeah it was it was a weird one actually because we um you know we we had that decent little run didn't we at the back end of December but um, th- there was no one player who stood out head and shoulders above anyone else so it was it was a, a, a slightly difficult one to um, to vote on and I know there was a, a bit of movement online about you know a few people wanting Morgan Fox to um, to get it because of the fact that you know he'd really kind of improved in in those four games at the uh, the back end of the year um yeah it's probably it's probably fair actually I think that um, you know heck's been fairly solid at the back um he's kind of formed part of of that kind of uh, resurgent Backbone of a defense that we've um, that we've had for those four games, where you're previously swapping and changing the defense, and I think you know we'd all had rants about that at various points about it just not making any any sense, and the fact that you know we moved to, to playing a regular flat back for um, stuck with the same players, and 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 ultimately you know we kept whatever it is now three clean sheets out of five, um, so um, you know that's 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 great, that's 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 really good, and 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 Hector's probably been probably been the true leader of that back line. I know Tom Lees has the uh, the armband, but you know Hector's really um, risen to it. It was great, actually, that last time, obviously, when he won um, Player of the Month, he got dropped for the game afterwards. Um, this time he didn't get dropped for the game afterwards, uh, but he did have a bit of a nightmare and had a really shit game against Luton, so there we go. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's why you did it in the first place. It's interesting to say that, James, about like obviously the defence coming back together in the last few games and obviously second in... So Hector got 33%, second was Morgan Fox with 24% and third was Kieran Westwood with 17%. So I think that, that just nails home the point completely there. Um, I'm glad in a way, I know the club often, sometimes, well, quite a lot of the time don't put the second and third out there because it's usually like 80% voted Barry Bannon, 2% voted... You know, some kid who's not played in the last year, but they were on the list, so lol. Um, but I think it, it made a point of putting Morgan Fox on there, because I think, like you said, a lot of fans wanted to give him a bit more credit than what he's had, uh, putting it lightly. Um, but yeah, to see those three, that shows that defensively, you know, we're building from the back with uh, who knows in attack at the moment. Um so, anyway, then we move on and we go to New Year's Day. So the first day of 2019, and of course, we started it as we meant to go on back in the hallowed grounds of Essex. Fudge. Yeah. New Year's Day didn't just start the year of the year of me. I like to think this year as, but the year of 2019. It also started. I like to call it the year of the brick wall. Uh, the year of Hutch. He made his one hundredth appearance for Sheffield Wednesday on New Year's Day, which. Um, you know, it seems like a lot, but we signed him in February 2014. But you know, he's had like six broken legs and like three new spines since then. So, is that a good achievement for Sam Hutchinson? It,
0: it's a double-edged sword with me because, like, yeah, if you think uh, four seasons on average, twenty-five appearances in a season, who, a, a season who for a player who was essentially retired that we managed to coax out of retirement, um, isn't too bad when you think about it. But then you've got to think of how much time on the pitch he's actually done in those appearances. Do you know what I mean? If he comes on and has to go off after twenty-four minutes, like he did at the weekend, um, or, get <laughs> or, or get sent off, or get sent off, or or you know what I mean? It, it's just kind of like, is it a hundred appearances really? I, you know, I'd love to see a hundred appearances. A so hundred starts,
1: a hundred yeah. starts There'll be more appearances, won't it?
0: I'd love, I'd love to see like. Um, the time on a pitch for somebody like uh, Liam Palmer over the last four years compared to Sam Hutchinson. Do you know what I mean? Of whether whether that actually counts. Oh, yeah, he is
2: well, picking on thought. Liam Palmer again. Hey, I, I was going to
1: say, yeah, I mean, we can't really mention Liam Palmer, Fudge, because, you know, everyone hates Liam Palmer, apparently. So <sighs> no matter how many minutes he's played on that pitch, they'll have all been bloody rubbish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what, I was uh,
0: what, actually saying a positive light, like, you know what I mean? Like, he he's been a a regular for a couple of seasons, do you know what I mean? I, I bet I bet his 100 appearances in terms of minutes on the field are, uh, you know, insurmountably more than Sammy H is now.
1: Well, I mean, Liam Palmer's got to be our longest serving player now, hasn't he? By a country mile, I'd think.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think he will be. Here. And then it'll be Atty New Year, I guess, after... Um, yeah, uh, I
1: guess. So, uh, yeah. And probably then probably Hodge. Right, <laughs>
2: yeah, he's yeah. been here for a while. Um, it would be really interesting, and, um, you know, if if only we had someone that was into stats on the uh, podcast that would be able to find this information out. But how many of those 100 starts has Hutch finished? That would be interesting to know.
0: If, if only there was some kind of just audio-based medium in yeah, which they yeah, could yeah, just yeah. be talking about, you know, Sheffield Wednesday-based stats.
2: <laughs> yep. Hang on, let me uh, let me text a friend of mine who lives in Denmark. I'll uh, I'll come back to you. <laughs>
0: All
1: right. Well, um, wouldn't it also be great if there was some sort of medium for us to go pre natch and have a pint in an outside bar? Well, believe it or not, we can at the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane. Now open on match days. So I also, oh, do I want to touch on this? I just feel like I'm opening a can of James Marriott-shaped worms here. Oof. Um. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> oh, feisty. So, uh, oh, here we go. I'm just going to go with it, James. Just ease that down because I feel like yeah, this yeah. is going to be like a planned situation all over again. So police in Sheffield have said that they no longer want football matches between United and Wednesday to take place on weekends due to balancing policing matches while p- maintaining high levels of service for the public whom we'd served. The force has written to the EFL to ask for derby fixtures to take place on weeknights. So the championship game are in March, as we know, has now been moved to the 4th, which is a Monday night. Um, Just to give you some information on this, because before we start ranting, a BBC investigation showed that last year's fixture between us and United at Hillsborough was the most expensive policing operation for a match in England, costing £203,000. And Sheffield Wednesday were billed forty-one k by the police. Um, The Detective Chief Constable has said that the force makes a significant loss policing football games across the county. So from now on, it looks like we're going to be playing on weeknights. Now, for me, at first, this screamed Sky Sports. This screamed, you bastards robbing my football, she says, while she's watching Sky Sports out of the corner of her eye tonight. Um, But, James, I know you got a a little bit antsy about this, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's
2: it's insane. It's ridiculous. It's um, I mean, there's been a lot said about it on on Twitter. And um, this is not kind of, you know, throwing the toys out of the pram kind of thing. This is genuinely like, you know, it, it's maybe it would be easier if we just didn't have fans going to football matches. Maybe we'll get rid of the football as well because that might injure players. So let's get rid of fans and let's get rid of the actual footballs. And then, you know, it'll be a lot more fun, won't it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you, you you can't just say well don't have um, derby games on weekends ever again. Um, if it's hard to police, well, okay, um, that that obviously is an issue, but it's also your job. So um, it's a bit, you know, we, we we could all come up with ways of making our our jobs a lot easier, but it, it, it's not it's not viable. So I hope that the I, I hope that the FA say no. Uh, sorry, the EFL say no. Um, and, and that it, it doesn't happen because, uh, no one, absolutely no one wants to go to a Sheffield derby match on a Monday night. No one. Um, if I can find anyone that says, yes, I'd rather it be Monday night than Saturday three o'clock. I accept it will probably never be Saturday three o'clock again, but even Sunday morning, is there anyone that would genuinely prefer it to be or a, a a, fr- a, a Monday night rather than, um, Rather than a, a, a Sunday. It's just stupid. And, and, you know, moving it, I can't, I just can't see the logic in when the, the, the match at the lane was moved to Friday night, which means basically, you know, book the day off work, get yeah. trashed all day long. You've got two days to sleep off your hangover. How is that easier to police than Sunday morning when people have got to go up for work on Mondays? So they're probably going to take it steady. One set of fans is always going to just afterwards want to go home and, uh, and, and have nothing, you know, nothing to celebrate afterwards. Um, I, I don't. It just seems st- it's stupid. I'm sorry, it's stupid. Um, and I, I hope the FL tell the police to um get bent. To be honest,
1: <laughs> EFL's response get bent. I must admit, I I kind of I get it in the sense that you know, like we said, Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, or heaven forbid, Saturday at five, you know, is in this day and age probably not a great idea for a derby match. However, I object to this when the same policing—I mean, South Yorkshire Police and football—don't even get me started. But I object to it when the same police force think it's perfectly acceptable for us to play Leeds United on a Saturday night or Millwall uh, on a Friday night. Sorry, or Millwall on a Friday night. Games where there is going to be trouble and people are likely to be booking hotels and staying in Sheffield. Because I used to work in a nightclub in Sheffield and I remember I was working on the Friday night that that scumbag ran on the pitch and decked Kirtland. Um, And that night I was rung up by the nightclub manager that I worked at and he said, look, we're not opening tonight. There is so much trouble in town. So many people are staying over and it's just absolute carnage. Don't come into work. Now, if there are nightclubs closing down because of this, that's not a good idea. But yet we can't play a derby match on any other but a Monday night. So like you said, James, I've ended up now I've put the afternoon off on that Monday because I'll be buggered if I'm going to hang around at work and try and get from town to Hillsborough at five o'clock. And then I've also had to put the morning off because it's going to be a late night. It's probably going to end up in the pub afterwards, either drowning our sorrows or celebrating. So it's cost me a day's leave just because we can't get policing. But how many other derby matches are there across the country? And, we We don't see this, we don't see this problem, you know, and you see Leeds might play man United you don't see that you don't see Liverpool man United you don't like there were photos came up of man City fans sat next to Man United fans with just three policemen in between them. We can't even handle that it's it just seems like you said just absolutely crazy and a bit of a a bit of a get out to be honest um I think we've said before with especially with the Sheffield Derby match at the end of the day for those ninety minutes, yeah all right. There's a lot of banter going around. There's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of state. There's a lot of aggression. But just before kickoff, the amount of people you see stood on the phones waving at the West stand, trying to spot the mate or the cousin or the brother or the wife waving back at them, it's one city at the end of the day. And it just seems – I think they got it very wrong last time at Hillsborough when they penned everybody in. Um, But, yeah, I think it's absolutely absurd as well.
2: Yeah, um, th- there's just got to be a better way. There's there's got to be a better way. I can't. Y- you can't just say you can't play certain football games at the weekend. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And it's not that long ago that that they they didn't want to have them on any day other than a Sunday. It just seems like I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I'm sure it's got something to do with overtime and the actual the cost rather than um, anything to do with. Particularly safety issues as such, uh, because playing obviously playing on a Friday night is is going to cause more issues than playing on a Sunday morning. Um, I guess it's just number of police that are available or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I I hope that the FL say sorry. No, you've got to find a better solution to this than just not playing those those games. But probably suits Sky as well. So where where the fans will our our view on this will be you know absolute. Um, you know police sky first probably the football clubs and at some point they might give a second thought to the fans but I doubt it very much because we're we're the unimportant ones in in football in 2018 2019 went back a year there
1: (laughs) well the other thing as well I think a few people on Twitter have seen um, Sheffield Wednesday obviously don't do it anymore but we used to do the weekend season tickets um, and we stopped doing those but there are still a lot of people who cannot make midweek matches They can't get there. And, you know, because they're either working away or they travel up from, you know, there's one guy who I can't remember his name, bless him, but he travels up a hell of a long way every weekend. I think he's from, it's not fudge, but I think he's from somewhere like Southampton. He sits on the north near us and he he comes up. Is he going to make it up for a Monday night or is he going to have to take two days leave? You know, it's it's people like that that we also have to think about. Um, And also who wants going to work on either side on the Tuesday morning (laughs) until, you know, if you could know the result beforehand, fine. But I think most people are going to be booking off that Tuesday morning, aren't they?
2: Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. And you're quite right. I mean, I'll I'll mention um, this. uh, another Victoria that the, I know yeah. that sits on the north, who travels up for Brighton for every game, and that's a hell of a journey that from uh, from Brighton. And obviously, you know that literally is two days. It's got to be two days off if if, if you're going to go to a game on the uh, on the Monday night. And, I, and I, I I've ranted about it before. I'll not I'll not go into full rant mode here, but I hate this about football now. The fact that the effect on the fans just seems so like it's just pushed right to the bottom of the the, the pile, Mm -hmm. we're just unimportant in the equation of, of modern day, um, Modern day football, and um, it's it's a waste of leave. It's a for any of us. It's a waste of holiday. You don't want to use holiday to go to a football match. Um, It's it's a it's a hobby. It should be the other way around. You know, it fits in around work. There there always going to be some games that you can't make because of work and stuff like that. That happens. We all accept that at the start of the season when the fixtures come out. Uh, But then you start you get games moved left, right, and centre here, there, and everywhere. Um, And it means you know the, the the season that we were in the playoff final. I think I used probably about. Probably about 10 days mm-hmm. holiday over the course of a year, booked off, you know, strategically to go to different games up and down the country and particularly, you know, down to Brighton for a couple of days, um, twice in that, in that season. Um, and it's, you know, it's, 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 that's a difficult thing for anyone to sustain and you, you don't want to have to do it. You do you particularly don't want to have to do it when it's a game that's, you know, for you is, is literally on your doorstep. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's a game that's in their backyard. Um, and you're having to use holiday from work. That's just stupid.
1: It is, but then at the same time, you know, there'll be the amount of people that say, you know, be listening and say, well, don't don't take holiday, don't take holiday. If I finish work at 5 o'clock, I'll be damned if I'm getting on a train from town to Hillsborough at that time. <laughs> no way on it. Anyway, we've ranted, we've moaned. Let's go on to a bit of excitement in our lives. The looting game. <laughs> um, Obviously, the lineup there wasn't much change there, James. Um, I'd imagine it was obviously Agnew's game to see who was fit, who wasn't, and there's obviously not a lot either side. What did you think to his team selection?
2: Um, we should probably mention, by the way, that we've lost Dan Fudge. He's, he's just gone. Um, we don't know where he's gone. We hope he's all right. Um, hashtag pray for Fudge. Um, he might be back a little bit later on. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Th- this is true, right? And I've got, I've got the messages and I can prove this because it sounds like the kind of thing that's really easy to say in hindsight. When the team came out, I'm, I'm in a, a group chat with John and Kieran, who are the guys that I go to football games with. Uh, when the team came out and I said, I'm not sure that I agree with playing a full strength team um and that partly because I, i'm not you know I, I'll, I'll be proved wrong a little bit later on in in tonight's show when we get on to talking about what you know potentially is going to be the fourth round game for us but i'm not a huge fan of the cup i don't i, I don't you know i don't see the magic of the cup anymore i'm not a massive fan of the fa cup um and I feel like we played four games in quite quick succession over Christmas, as you always do. Um, we, we've, you know, we've got another league game coming up on on Saturday against Hull, who are, who are going great guns at the moment in the championship. Um, and it was a real good opportunity to just change things up a little bit, give some players a, a rest, which means that we're not risking any injuries. Um, and that's the bit where I kind of say, you know, it's easy to say in hindsight, but I did say it before the game um and it also gives a chance for those players that have not had a look in the last few games players like matt penny who's, who you know probably our best one of our best players in the first half of the season uh, and he's dropped right out of favor um players like um sam winall who you know is clearly not much fitness but an hour, um, or maybe seventy minutes, in a game like that would have been a real good thing for, for for him. So I'd have, I'd have, I think we missed an opportunity to change things up a bit, give the younger players who've dropped out of favor a bit of a, a run out, give them a chance, um, and actually they would be that bit fresher as well, and maybe they'd have stood um, a better chance of, um, of, of of going out and winning that game. So I've got to say that I, th- I think that we got it wrong when it comes to team selection, and that's not. Th- throwing the game because it's the cup. Um, it's it's a squad game in, in 2019. Uh, and sometimes you've got to change things and you've got to strategically pick games. Even if they're league games, you've got to strategically pick games where you change things a little. Um, and that should have been on Saturday against Leeds.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. But like I said as well, I think it was the new two caretaker managers opportunity to see what Lee Bullen's been doing, uh, why obviously, why things have changed so suddenly under Bullen. Um, but it was also to our detriment, wasn't it? Because we saw Hutch go off injured. Um, we don't know too much about that yet. It looked like his back to me, but who knows? Um, we also saw Barry Bannon go down quite quite a, dramatically uh, as far as Barry Bannon goes, and he did hobble off the pitch as well. Um, so, you know, we took we took a risk there. Have we paid the price of that? I don't know yet um obviously you were you were out shopping with your mother did you buy anything nice
2: um not did really. did you not get a new coat no, from marks and spencer i spent all or? my um ah. I, know, I bought that the week before, that the week before.
1: <laughs> so i went along like you won't believe this james i've not seen you since right so i booked one ticket on my own um my mum and dad didn't know if they were going my dad had just been in hospital the day a couple of days before so he didn't know if he'd be able to make it um so they They'd said, "Oh, we're not sure yet. Just get your own ticket." So I got in touch with the lads who we go to the pub with in the Cop End. Uh, they were sitting in the north, so I got their seat numbers. Tried to get as close as possible as I could to them. There was one seat, two rows in front, few to the left, and I thought that that's fine. Just this one seat on its own. I thought fine sound. I love that. It turned out as I sat down, someone grabbed my bum. About as I was stood, sorry, I was stood talking to the lads still, and somebody grabbed my backside, and I had managed to book one ticket in the ground next to. You. Rich Davies, Dickie Owl. So how on earth that happened out of wow. sixteen thousand seats, I don't know. But yeah, I ended up next to Dickie. Um I, I left at half time and went and sat <laughs> went and sat with the cop end lot, but only because I was kind of breaking up Dickie and his missus and all their friends because I'd got this one ticket in between them all. Um, but yeah, so that was a bit of an odd one. Um but as far as the match went, it was it was crap. It was awful. Um we, nobody really looked like they were going to do anything. Um, but it was a very, very average, average performance. Um, we didn't match up to anybody. We didn't seem to particularly outshine anyone. Barry Bannon, I think, had one of his worst games for us this season. Um, and that, ugh, he wasn't diabolical, but he really didn't have a good game. Uh, Adam Reach as well was quite poor. Um, Sam Winnell obviously came on. That was good to see. Um, did a lot of jumping about, diving about. Um George Boyd was also quite poor actually uh, which I was surprised with after the last last time we've seen him um he seemed quite slow he seemed quite lethargic uh, it was just it was just one of those performances i think um but you know we didn't we didn't lose and obviously we go on to fight another day
2: yeah yeah uh, did I, I did watch it by the way oh. um i i yeah in in a in a, in a move of uh, complete and absolute legality. Um, I, um, I I did watch the game, and um, I, I'd agree with everything that you said. It's quite weird watching um, games yeah. at, at Hillsborough on um, you know TV uh, because you, you 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 probably see the way that the game unfolds much better than you do when you're at the game itself because you you kind of more yeah. emotive at the game whereas when you're watching it on um, telly on your own you're a little bit more sort of considered um and yeah we 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 looked it it genuinely looked like a group of players that actually needed a rest um and um were uh, probably having to work harder than they'd want to do to keep a luton team that obviously wanted to win the game at bay, and and actually, when you look at the you know the grip pyramid of of the EFL, Luton yeah. are not that far behind us. You know they're doing all right this season. They're, they're they're going good guns in in League One. Um, so you know everyone that's kind of you know getting um asked on a bit about the fact we didn't beat Luton at home. You know th- there aren't that many places between us in the in the actual pyramid. Um, and they they came here with a view that they could win the game, and they gave it a real good go. Um, and and actually, you know, we kept a clean sheet, and you could take some positives from it, but. I, I just I, we just miss an opportunity to just change things up a bit and and, and send some players out there that uh, were hungry and had something to prove and um whatever I don't know if you sent them out with a message of saying look you know you this is your first chance to show to show us as your new caretaker managers what you can do so you're playing for your starting places against hull go out there and show us what you can do uh but it just it just didn't work
1: no absolutely it was it was just, like I said, it just felt a bit lethargic, the whole thing. It felt It felt almost like what sometimes a New Year's Day game feels like. It was just a bit, uh, it was just, everything just seemed to be in slow motion. It was just, yeah, wasn't great. Um, but yeah, so moving on to my favourite topic, uh, Youth Watch. Um, so I've been watching the Young Boys and the under-23s got off to a flyer in the new year by beating Burnley 1-0. Uh, on Monday afternoon so Ben Hughes defender was the scorer uh, scored in the first half um, which is obviously great for the youth team and they're off to an absolute flyer so keep an eye out there will we see anyone else join the youth team again this year who knows who might fall out with the gaffer will Adam nabdi make an appearance who knows we can come and discuss it with us though before a match day in the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane obviously they pay for this lovely podcast so go and buy a pint so moving on to Hull City, James. Um obviously it's a bit of a shame that old Brucey Boy isn't in charge for this, really, isn't it? That's one of the weird things that he's he's going to be missing the whole match and the Birmingham match, isn't he? So it's a bit of a strange one. But uh obviously, like you said, they're on quite a good run at the moment. Uh but strangely, like they're unbeaten since the end of November in the league. Uh obviously a Thump Bolton 6-0, they beat was it Leeds 2-0? But they're still 13th in the table, which just kind of highlights what a crazy league this can be at the moment. Um, how are you feeling about that? Obviously, they lost in the FA Cup the other night to Millwall. Um, but what do you reckon our chances are? Do you think we'll go all guns blazing? Because obviously Agnew will know about Hull as well uh, from his time. Was he there with Bruce, I guess? Yeah, he must have been. Um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon we are we going to be schooled? Are we going to be all right?
2: I don't know, it is a tough one to call this because um, they are, it, it, if you look at any um, form league tables for the championship, Hull will be top of pretty much every single one of them because um, they have had a real good run of, of form and um, as you mentioned there, it's not just that they've been scraping wins and stuff, they've, they've been in good form, you know, they've been winning games convincingly, they've been fairly free scoring and um, and yet they only find themselves mid table, but you know, they were the, there was a point where you'd have looked at them and said, yeah, this is probably the season that they could well drop down to league one. You know, they're, they've they've not got enough to, to, to kind of, you know, mount any sort of um, consistent form and get out of it. And yeah, that's exactly what they've, what they've done. And, um, you know, I, 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 he's not a manager that I particularly look at and think, wow, you know, they've got, they've got someone really special there. Um, and, and, they were a team that I expected to really struggle this season so um, it's it's not a great time to go there we, we've not got a bad record at, at Hull all in all um, certainly in recent seasons um, you know, we went there and won last season was it Jordan Rhodes that scored last, last season we got a 1-0 yeah, no okay. win yeah um, so um, yeah, I mean, th- there isn't going to be a good time to, to to go there now in the second half of the season. I don't think because I think that they'll they'll now be looking upwards and looking towards that top six and thinking that they're they're the team that can you know come from nowhere and and, and sneak a, a top six finish. Um, so we've we what we've got to do is just have the belief that. They might see us as one of the most difficult tests that they've got coming up, uh, because the fact that you know we're in decent form as well, um, we're we're a bit more resurgent and um, we'll we'll kind of want to go out and really prove a, a point. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one to to call. And and to be honest, and and I hate going into any game saying this, but I, I'm not going to be disappointed if we're if we're coming back on Saturday evening with a point.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, 100% agree with you there. Um... Yeah, it's like you said, I mean, mid-table, it just seems, and I was, obviously, you do your little bit of research if, you, if you're if you hosting this thing, I don't normally, but I was looking at the results, and I thought, well, surely they must be in the playoffs, like, looking at those results and the the scores that they've had, but yeah, it just it just highlights to me what a crazy league this can be, and why I firmly believe it's one of the best leagues in the world, it's, it, because it is just, you know, you can have a team who are hammering other teams 2-0, 6-0. You know, they're coming back from 2-0 down. That You know, there's all these different results and then they're still they're meandering in mid-table. You know, they're not that much higher up than us uh, and it just seems a bit crazy, doesn't it? Are they still on parachute payments this year then?
2: Yeah, they will be, yeah. Um, it's yeah. an odd situation at that club because you, you've still got you've, got... you've got an owner that was talking about selling up like, you know, three and something years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, 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 we all know that there's not a good relationship between club and um, fans. Um, it, it's strange. I th- well, we
1: saw that at Wembley, didn't we?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And and things have never really changed since then. And actually, it's been fairly downhill for them as a club since since then, really. Um, and uh, I think they're still the only club in the championship that. Um, they only have one rate for tickets, so there's no concessions. So there's no child tickets, there's no seniors, right. everyone pays the same. And that's something that's just wow. despised by their. Fans, as it would be, you know, even we have these, you know, five pound for under whatever's. Th- there's none of that there. It's it's you yeah. pay tickets twenty four quid. It's twenty four quid. Uh, you you're buying the seat. Wow, while I in, did
1: not uh, know that. You
2: know. <laughs> and it's same for away fans. You know, it's same for, for 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 Wednesday fans when we were buying tickets there. That you know, there's no kind of there's no bracket. It's just you're just buying a ticket at, at Hall City. Um. So um. Yeah. You know. It's 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 a it's a weird situation at that at that at that club and um. They've, they've, they've certainly got some money knocking around, but I don't think that their owner particularly wants to invest it back into uh back into the club.
1: Because he was a bit of a legend, wasn't he, when he took over. I remember watching the documentaries on him and whatever else, and he'd pumped loads of money into the city, hasn't he? But yeah, wow. I didn't I can I can sometimes understand a flat rate. You know, if you say it's an away game, it's a flat rate, so there aren't many people that take the kids. Obviously, there's going to be some OAPs and whatever that go. But for home fans, I mean you just you're just losing a whole generation of supporters, aren't you, surely? That's I genuinely didn't know that. That's one to tell my dad. Yeah. He'll find that fascinating, James.
2: Yeah, it's that that and, and then we move on. Sorry, I was just gonna say that um, and um the attempt to change the name of the club with the, the kind of the nails in the coffins yeah, for, for the most whole fans. And yeah. we've not got a lot of time for whole fans, let's be fair, have we? Um, you know, we we don't think a lot no. of them. But I do, you know, if I kind of, you know, reach deep down inside, I've probably got a bit of sympathy for for them regardless of who they are and the club that they support any club where you've got stuff like that going on is 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 a bit crap
1: it also you know it highlights grass ain't always greener doesn't it uh we you know we see people moaning at hillsborough a lot of the time but wow I, th- that's blown me away with the ticket prices um so then we move on obviously the 15th we go to luton so not long after the whole game um the following week was straight off back down the m1 uh, it's a quite, a quite a nice trip to Luton I reckon I've flown from Luton airport a couple of times and if we win that we, we all know what happens don't we we get thumped at Stamford Bridge 12 nil. but before then uh, obviously Luton away will you be going?
2: I'm not I'm not going to Luton it's um, the same situation we talked about earlier really about the fact that it would involve me having to um, use some holiday and I um I don't I don't want to Use holiday on um, on on football this year because I've got other a stuff trip that works. So, uh, yeah, particularly not a trip. <laughs> yeah, tri- 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 it's just not that exciting. So um, uh, no. yeah, I'm 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 going to have to give this one a, a miss. I've got quite a few friends that are going, a few friends from London that are going up. I think Wednesday will be well followed for a lot of people. It's a new ground to go to because I, I I'm trying to think back to the last time I remember us playing at Luton and it's it's Gosh, a long long yeah. time. I- um I, I remember John Sheridan scoring that that goal there uh when it was the plastic pitch and you get every so often you get really kind of grainy um images of it that go around on Twitter where we took the free kick and then he flicks it up and, and volleys it himself. It's a brilliant goal. Um and obviously, you know, they still play at Kenilworth Road. It's a quirky uh, it's a quirky ground. I think the entrance to the away end is is literally We must best have been there
1: since them. then
2: um oh yeah we will have done yeah 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 but I, I can't yeah I you can't. walk
1: through an estate you yeah. walk through a general <laughs>
2: weird isn't it it's weird
1: yeah I went I know my dad used to have a friend who was a director there so we used to go in the director's box so I'd have been about I reckon 15 the last time I went right so and it's probably since because we always used to go in in their box so it would have been since then um but I always remember I mean you've met obviously know my dad but my dad's got this really He he's one of those blokes that looks like a lot of different people So he used to look, when he was younger, he used to look a hell of a lot like Gerard Houllier. And we went to Luton away and this kid, this disabled teenager came running up to him and asked for his autograph. And my dad is the nicest man in the world, but he's also very straight to the point and almost like on the spectrum to the point where he just went, no. (laughs) I'll never forget that. I was like, dad, just lie. Just sign it. (laughs) It doesn't matter. This poor little lad. Uh, But yeah, and it was also that game that I believe, oh, who was it now? But one of the players walked past me absolutely stark bollock naked because the entrance to the director's box was right outside the away team showers. Wow. So it was just one of those really old school grounds where at halftime you got a cuppa in one of those really old crappy mugs, you know, you get in Morrison's Cafe, and the, the director's box had carpet on the floor. It was just so old school. Like you say, you walk through someone's house virtually to get into the away end. It was, but it's just, it's one of those grounds, honestly, if you're listening to this and you haven't been, it is a proper old school football ground that, let's be honest, probably won't be around for much longer. You know, there's going to be investment in a lot of clubs and I'm sure, you know, Luton's got a big enough catchment that somebody will invest in them at some point. And it is just, it's, it's a sight. It's a really good away game to go to. And then, obviously, like I said, if we get through that, then the draw was made last night, as we're recording this now. And, well, it was just one of them, wasn't it? You knew it was going to be Man United, Arsenal. You knew there were all these other ones going to come out the hat. But did we expect Chelsea away?
2: I thought we'd get Oldham. I thought it would be like, you know, just a real (laughs) sort of draw where you think, well, you know, maybe it gives us a chance to get through to the fifth round. Um, Yeah, I mean, great. You know, it's, um, yeah good 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 draw i mean um we've we need to make sure we don't do the most Sheffield wednesday thing in the world uh because we have got to get past luton and that's not going to be an easy game um you know yeah. we, we obviously you know we, we, we if we if we've got to go away to like ipswich we'd be like well oh, that's going to be a tricky one that because you know they'll be up for it and they need a bit of a boost um and you know, as I said, in the football pyramid, Luton are not that far behind Ipswich. So, um, you know, it's, it's a game we've got to treat with respect. Um, it, it actually gives, you know, I, I really wasn't bothered about that that Luton game. It, it, obviously, it's, it gives me that kind of slightly embarrassing kick where I'm like, oh, now I've got to be interested in the FA Cup because, you know, obviously I want to go to, um, I want to go to Stamford <laughs> Bridge. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be a great little, um, it'd be a great day out. Um, we'd get a huge, big allowance there. It'd be a good kind of, four five maybe six thousand Wednesday fans um all piled into yeah. um, Stamford Bridge it'd be one of those like it was when we you know we played Man City like eight times in Man two months City, or whatever it was yeah. um a couple of years back and uh, <laughs> yeah it'd just be great it'd just be a real good um day out and we've not had one like that for for a little while so um yeah fingers crossed we can do the bit at, at Luton
1: well just to shock you there Man City actually doesn't feel that long ago but you know what that was the weekend I got my dog and she's five in July so it was actually over four and a half years ago that we played Man City for about four and a half years ago so it it, with old old Attie's first goal brilliant and then it all just went to shit didn't it but (laughs) we had a lovely day I've had a lovely day it's been great. So obviously, we're coming into that part of the season now. I mean, we're a week into it, James, and we're past Christmas. So we can look at the league table. We we don't particularly want to because it's awful. Uh, but it's yellow tie season. It is the transfer deadline window. Uh, sorry, the transfer window deadline day is but about three weeks away. Um obviously, we've been we've been linked with a couple of different people. There's been some that. I mean, we've been linked with Lukman. I mean. What do you think to that? Do you do you see that happening? Do you think that is just someone having an absolute bantosaurus moment and thinking, let's just chuck an name out there and see who locks onto it? Will it be Alan Nixon, or yeah. could there be something in it?
2: I, I don't know. Um, I, I, it's it's doubtful. Um, it, it transfer windows now are. Uh, I don't know. The 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 weird, aren't they? Because. Every time you see a rumor, for me, I'm I'm so kind of pessimistic about transfer stuff now. um, That that I um, pessimistic is maybe not the 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 word, but I'm so suspicious of it. Every time that I see was linked with anyone, and I'm start thinking, right, hang on, how long is that player? Yeah, that cynical is probably a better phrase. How long has he got left on his contract at his parent club? Is this agent playing some games here? Why Mm. would so and so be doing this? Uh, could it be from someone within our own club that's trying to stir it because they want to get better form out of someone that's playing in that position? And I always think there's there's always yeah. more to any transfer rumor than actually um, the the kind of the reality of of of, of you know, just a, a player and a club and a possible transfer. So uh, yeah, I'm not I, I I tend to treat them all with a bit of kid gloves, and definitely that's one that I'm probably not taking too seriously, which means it'll probably happen. You know.
1: we can hope Um, obviously there's been quite a few rumours of outgoing so just to run through them quickly Gary Hooper is apparently going to America and not on his holidays Um, hopefully there'll be plenty of boxers around the American leagues Uh, Westwood is apparently going um, to West Yorkshire Uh, we don't like to mention that side Barry Bannon obviously has picked up his injury does that mean he's going to be safe now and able to be kept with us through the transfer window or are people not that stupid and will sign him anyway knowing that he'll be back in a couple of weeks and then the one that's come out today has been reached to Villa uh, that's been reported quite a bit, a bit in the press um, I think I think that would be a real shame I can see us building a team around Reach and I, I think Steve Bruce is the kind of manager that would get a lot out of Adam Reach um, I don't know what you think there but I think he, he had a poor game against Luton um, as we've said but I think He's, he's probably been, he's come into the player that we thought we'd signed uh, over the last probably six months or so. Uh, so I think he would be a big loss to us. But then again, you look at the financials and if he's worth some of the figures that have been banded around. Um, if only there was a podcast that could talk about financial fair play and what Adam Reach would mean to that. Uh, and then obviously used. Is apparently out somewhere, uh, back to his homeland or thereabouts. Is he? Is he a great loss? I mean, we we sang his praises when we first signed him, didn't we? But it just seems to yeah. have. Well, no, I've not, not seen him. I don't know where he is.
2: It's it's not gone anywhere, has it? Um he, he's yeah. He, he yeah, he, he he did we all thought he was the Messiah, you know, he's this you know confident mm-hmm. um you know ball playing defender who who pings some proper, you know, Barry Bannon-esque balls across the pitch at, at some games. That was it the goal we scored at Reading, um towards the the beginning of last season where he, you know he played this beautiful kind of crossfield um pass but you know he, he he um he got a bit found out didn't he in the in in the united match at, at hillsborough yeah. last season and and it's never quite been the same for him since um, since then, so I, I don't know whether English football is 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 suiting him all that well. Um, I think I'm, I'm not too worried about Bannon. Um, I, I, I don't think that, that Bannon will go anywhere. Um, Hooper, I think, is irrelevant because I don't think we'll see Hooper in a Wednesday shirt. He's not going to get offered a new contract. Um, so you know, if 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 Cash if in. there is a, a, a yeah, if there's an opportunity, if 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 there is you know a chance for him to. Um, to be hooking up with a club kind of sooner than that. I d I can't remember what months the season runs to in America, but if if it suits you know him for us to release him from his contract early and, and go over there, and do that, that's got to be advantageous for us because he, he isn't, I don't think he's gonna be a thing for us again. Um, Westwood, unpopular opinion, I wouldn't be bothered if Westwood went. Sorry, I, I just wouldn't um and um reach is a funny one because I think, again, this is probably unpopular opinion. And I did have an argument with a friend about this earlier. Um, Reach is a good player, right? There's no doubt about that. Reach is a good player and he's got better. and th- There may be better to come from Adam Reach. He's, he's still at an age where he's probably got, um, you know, better ahead of him. Um, is, is he an, an amazing footballer? I'm not sure. You know, he scored some good goals for us this season, but we all know the fact that, you know, Reach has those games where he can drift out of the game a bit. You know, you said against Luton, he yeah. didn't really do much. We, We've seen fewer of those games from him recently, um, but mm-hmm. he, you know, he does still have those those games. And I think that um, Reach, um, I, I, I think he probably will end up playing in the Premier League. And I'm also minded of the fact that he's got, what, at the end of the season, he's got two years left on his his deal with Boston. Anyone when they're into that kind of last two years of the deal, you start thinking about, right, we, we need to be making a, a new contract offer to them if he makes it pretty clear to us he isn't going to sign a new contract you know he will see out the contract that's fine but then he's going to take his opportunity to get a move to the premier league for for free then can we afford to not make anything on adam reach and mm. uh, because of the precarious situation that we're in financially the longer that we leave it the 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 more that other clubs will see how desperate we are to to sell and will offer us less and that's our own fault because we've we've not balanced the books before this point so it's it's complex there's a lot of different things in that equation to, to cut a long story short i think if someone comes in and offers a 10 million pound plus bid for adam reach in january we'd be a little bit silly not to take it um and that's not showing a lack of ambition that's looking at all the different stuff that's going on in the club and recognizing the fact that we have to get some money in from somewhere um and mm-hmm. if we can do it through selling one player who i think is a great footballer don't get me wrong but i don't think is amazing and I think that balancing all that together, um it, it would actually be regrettable, but it would be good business for us. And we'd be um potentially just digging ourselves a much bigger hole that we need to get out of in the summer if we turned down uh a, an eight-figure um bid for for Adam Reach. I think I mean crack, if someone comes along off, offers fifty million just you've just got to take it it would we'd be really silly not to because we don't know if adam Reach has now hit his peak and will not get any better and will not improve any further for us um so yeah i, I don't know what 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 do you think
1: i mean he's what is he about 24 20 he's 25 isn't he uh, so i think i don't, i don't know if he's hit his peak yeah i don't think we've yet found his perfect position I think or we have and we've switched away from it again and then we switched back to it and I think I think he needs some stability I think and he would get that in a probably bottom half Premier League club um if he went in at that sort of level I think he'd get he'd get his place he'd cement his place um the thing that that like you said I mean it comes down to finances doesn't it and it it's frustrating because we've got the tuna books. We've got someone who doesn't want it to come down to finances, but sadly it is going to. Um, but obviously, Eust, I think we're going to lose probably quite a bit of money on him. Um, I think we paid quite a hefty fee for him. Um, I can't see, was it €3 million, euros, something like that? I can't see us getting anywhere near that back for him at all. I just can't see that happening. So therefore, you know, like you said, there's there's more of a financial hole. Adam Reach, what was he, €4.5 million, something like that. Like you say if we can get ten, that kind of plugs the gap of Van Aken, but then you think it's a, it's a lot of sacrifice to plug that gap, and it's not going to plug the other gap. Um, I, I can't imagine Reach being on as I mean he'll be on big money, but I can't imagine him being on the same sort of money as your Hoopers and your Westwoods um, and probably Van Aken. To be fair, I bet he's on quite a wedge. Um, so I I don't I think it'd be a real shame to lose him. I do, and I think anyone would think that, but it's is it the end of the world? That's the thing. Um if it was between Reach and Bannon, if you had to lose one, who would you lose?
2: Oh, crikey. Uh oh, that is such a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um Well well realistically, okay, look, um th- this is based on a lot of different things, but I would have to say I would lose Bannon. Um mm-hmm. and I keep Reach. And that's because I think Reach is younger. Um, but there'd be a condition to this, which would be um I would be sitting down with Adam Reach now and saying, look, we think that you are the future of our club. Here is your new contract. This is how much we're going to pay you. Get it signed. Um, because yeah. if Reach is, is, is not willing to sign a new, at least four-year deal, uh, which bumps his value right up, you know, we, we could still end up having to sell him further down the line or whatever, but mm-hmm. at, at least it means it gets get value up. Um, so that would be my condition. You know, I... I I'd, I think if we if we don't sell Adam Reach in this transfer window, that's not the end of the world. We could still, you know, there's there's ways and means that we can make this thing work. Um, but we've 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 got to get him to sign a new contract. Uh, I think that you know we we if if we're uh, it's a, it's a bit like um, kind of watching a no deal Brexit kind of you know move closer and closer and closer. <laughs> if if we're going to take this if we're going to take this risk of ending up in a transfer embargo for anything up to two years. Um, then yeah. what we've got to do is make sure that before that comes along, we renew the contracts of the players that are important uh, and we renew the contract to the players who are an asset. Now we've done it with Bannon um, and we've done it with um, Lucas Uh mm-hmm. we, we need to do it with, we're going to allow ourselves to sail closer to this ship of, you know, potential disaster. Um, then we, we've got to make it the least risk possible. The least risk possible is selling reach. But then if, if if we're not going to do that, then the, the, the next best thing there is get him signed up to a longer term contract. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would, in that scenario, I would say offload Bannon, keep reach, but he's got to sign a new deal.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, looking around the rest of the championship, you know, looking in the transfer window, um, I just wanted to mention there's a very significant person who's moving back to Sheffield this week. Um, My friend Tim has got a new job at Hallam University so congratulations (laughs) to Tim Uh, he's moving back up from Chichester (laughs) Welcome back to Sheffield Tim you are most welcome here in this region. That is it for tonight's show. Um, Obviously Dan Fudge never made a reappearance but don't be worried we are selling him to the Be Sotted podcast and we are doubling our expenditure on him so happy, well doubling our income should I say on him. So happy days there. Uh, James, if anyone wants to find you on Twitter, how do they get hold of you?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at James Marriott. off to Hull on uh, Saturday. So um, I will probably tweet a few pictures of uh, beers in the car on the way.
1: Beers in the car. Lads, lads, lads. Uh, yeah, if you want to get hold of Damn Fudge, uh, if, if anyone can get hold of Damn Fudge, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Dan Fudge, believe it or not. You can find the podcast at TWWCast. You can find any of us in the Riverside Cafe on Catchball Lane on a match day. And you can find me at Victoria1867. Have a good week. <laughs> what, what does Eddie say?
2: Oh, enjoy your time.
1: Enjoy your time. <laughs>
0: Keep up to date with The Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWCast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubash! Automatic delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Participate in restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365 day returns
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans